Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I was defending Steve Clifford. <laughs> Steve Clifford, I think he did a great job. You sound just like that guy. It's Wes. He's going to uh, ask you to come and do press conferences for him just behind a black curtain so he doesn't have to do it. And Walker. I like Clifford, the, the big red dog. It was my favorite childhood <laughs> book, Getting in Shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> I like dogs in general. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. That was- is a good book. Back just like that, folks, on a football Monday, you could say. We got Monday night football going down tonight. We're talking about the Panthers, the disappointing loss they suffered, and all of the great college football action from a monumental weekend in college football. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. And so uh, going to the text line real quick, Big Cat Dan was talking about Clemson coming off of our discussion. He said, I still think that the amazing thing was Clemson was unranked and some media is calling that FSU win an upset. Yeah, that is pretty uh, interesting that people do consider that an upset. But I think because of Clemson's reputation and the fact that it was at Death Valley, I think a lot of people were still kind of doubting if the Seminoles were ready to take that step. What was the line on that game? Florida State was favored. Right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember by how much. I think it was it was light though. I think it wasn't any more than about five points or so. But and I understand where Big Cat Dan's coming from though for sure because and and it wasn't going to be a walkover. I thought Florida State was going to win. I did not expect them to destroy Clemson. If if Clemson's playing at home, that still is a talented enough team to possibly pull off the upset themselves. So I guess I I get where people were coming from a little bit on that. But Florida State, after beating LSU, having all the talent that they've shown off this season, they should have been the favorite, and that's exactly why they were coming into that game. And so, yeah, uh, for the text line out there, too, they're also talking uh, 925 number. We're going to get to Duke a little bit later this week, and then uh, we're also going to be talking about Spencer Rattler as well. Is he the best player in a pretty much, I won't say an impossible situation, but the best player in a toughest in the toughest situation. But let's talk about even more great topics. Let's hit the live wire, shall we? Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna stick it or keep it with the college football. We're gonna go back to what had Walker just all disheveled over there about Ryan Day. Ooh, disheveled. Responding yeah. to Lou Holtz, who joined the Pat McAfee show on Friday at College Game Day. And here's what the former head coach of the Fighting Irish had to say about say about the Ohio State program going into Saturday showdown in South Bend. You look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. So I'm proud of that. However, he has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan twice, and everybody that beats him 
does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach. Well, when he said that, when I read it, too, it came across much more harsh than the way that he sounded right there on that soundbite. But I thought that he should have maybe kept that in the clip for when Ohio State potentially won the game. Because I feel like when you talk about a program with the caliber of athletes, the caliber of players that they have, and I feel like if it was in rooting interest. Now, him just giving analysis, I'm all here for. But I know he bleeds that Notre Dame green. When I was growing up, he was the coach of the Irish, and I know how much he loves them. And I just thought maybe he could have saved that one for out there because challenging a program with the caliber of players like Ohio State, we know outside of the SEC, this is one of the most drafted programs in America. I felt like that certainly was going to give them fuel for the game. And Ryan Day told you post game that that definitely provided uh, a lot of context for their belief that they could win the game. Yeah, and I don't have any problem with Ryan Day trying to use this as motivation, I guess, for his team. It just felt like a weird, I'm going to use this opportunity to dunk on Lou Holtz talking about our squad like this, especially with the way that you won. Granted, I'm not sure if Ryan Day knew that there were only 10 players out there. Maybe he just saw the offensive line not have someone lined up on what was the defensive line's right side, and you just run to the left side on yours, and you barely get in, by the way. Like, you had to go to the replay to be sure that that knee was not down, and it wasn't. Legitimate touchdown, not a blown call by any means. But then to say, how tough are we when you score a last-second touchdown against Notre Dame when they had 10 dudes on the field. Yeah, we're the toughest team out here. When it doesn't change anything that Lou Holtz said, by the way, talking about all the teams that you've lost to since you took over as the head coach. I just, Ryan Day using that moment, it felt not tone deaf, but also like, okay, this seems like a weird time for you to take that opportunity. All right, well, let, let's let's play the head coach of the Buckeyes statements after the win when he spoke with NBC. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. <laughs> what he sleep, Ryan. Team, right? What he said about our team, I cannot believe. <laughs> this is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. And it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids. And we got a tough team. What did they- I mean, mm. I can almost go foul line on that because that is some of the fakest tough guy-ish I think I've ever heard in my life. You got the job because Urban Meyer realized, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to win a national title. Let me quit. Then I'm going to go kick players in the NFL. The guy woke up on third base. (laughs) And, yes, he's taken Ohio State to a national title game where they got boat raced. They lost by four touchdowns to Alabama. Like, it it might not be fair. If Michigan kicks their ass again this year, and they most likely will, he's probably getting fired. Because in Columbus, if you don't beat Michigan three straight years, you lose your job. Now, we did say that about Harbaugh, and he held on long enough to have the opportunity to take it right back to Ohio State. That's a lot of winning. I don't think he'd be fired. But what do you make of those comments from Ryan Day, West? Yeah, I mean, the adrenaline was pumping. You just won a game off the last play of the football game. So you're definitely going to react the way that he did. I'm not surprised in the least. But I think that the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry is very cyclical. Michigan will have it for a long time, and Ohio State will have it as well. Maybe they hire Coach – I mean, maybe they fire Coach Day if they lose again. Maybe they don't. 
But I know up until this point, 45 and 6 record in four seasons, 31 and 2 against Big Ten uh, conference competition. He's won Big Ten titles. So I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. He does need to get over the hump, though. I do agree with that. But to me, that was a lot of bravado after the game. The adrenaline is pumping. I know he looked at that comment, and I think one of the worst things you could say to a football coach is that their team is soft. So I could imagine 100% that being the first thing that comes to mind after you get an emotional win like that. One more question before we move on. Do you think Ohio State is a top-four team in the country right now? No. Uh, They've got a top-four win. I don't think they're a top-four yeah, team. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because they're talented on not a quarterback. Uh, Kyle McCord, I definitely want to see some more for him. And for another conversation for a later day, you know, not trying to be a hot take guy here, but uh, I mean, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a really good player, but the Easy. way they try to pay him up to be this oh Randy Moss and all this, I, I don't see it. I thought about 100%. I thought about somebody saying Randy Moss. It, we, we got to a point where now we're going to lose some people. <laughs> you can you can believe in all the hype with Marvin Harrison Jr. I do. I believe that he is a fantastic wide receiver prospect. But when people bring up Randy Moss, you can't talk to people about Randy. Yeah, I think he's a really good player, but I just don't see him being just this earth-shattering, game-changing wide receiver. But, no, I think Ohio State going on the road beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame, I think that's definitely a statement win for them. All right, moving on. This happened last week. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. Got to throw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium last Thursday night. And look, it wasn't an all-time bad first pitch. He, he skipped the ball and it got over there. But uh, for a guy that hates on baseball, it was kind of funny to see him not be able to throw a baseball 60 feet and 6 inches. Well, ESPN and First Take had a field day with him on Friday making fun of him. And so did his sister, who called into First Take to maybe have a reason why his first pitch went so bad. Oh, we, we are we are going to keep it in the family. Okay. Hey, Carmen, it's Molly. Can you hear me? Hi, Molly. Hi. <laughs> this is Stephen A's sister, Carmen, his oh. dear daughter, his confidant. Carmen, the floor is yours, my dear. Oh, my God, Steve. Steve, I taught you better than that. I am so, oh, my God. I had to, I had to look at it over again and say did he just do that and then hearing that you had a hot dog when i i sent you food you had a hot dog i think that throw you had to pass gas or something you lifted your leg off you had bubble guts <laughs> you had bubble guts i know you did but guess what steve i love you i love you and you tried but oh my jesus <laughs> He had to pass gas was her line. <laughs> he went out there to the pitcher's to the mound with some bubble guts. Uh, yeah, that would be tough. But man, that poor Stephen A. When you go, he went straight to the rubber, right? Like he mm -hmm. didn't. He, yeah, he didn't step in front of the mound, and he still. So if you went in front of the mound and bounced it, that would have been even worse. At least he went for it, but it still wasn't pretty. It was online. Yeah, it was ugly, man. Just that was not a good first pitch. Not enough mustard on that hot dog to get it all the way to the catcher's mitt. Tough thing for Stephen A. Smith. What else you got? One more. There's one little piece of audio I want to play because then I got a question. Yesterday, the Colts went into Baltimore, rainy Baltimore, mind you, a game that Lamar Jackson should have won because he's a running quarterback. That didn't happen. The Colts, their kicker, four field goals, 50-plus or yards or more the first time the kicker's done, done yep. NFL history. Here was Shane Steichen's uh, post-game speech in the locker room. 
You know what that was right there? That was the definition of resilience. Great, and I mean great team win. It does not get any better than that. Hey, first time in NFL history with four plus 50-yard field goals. Great job by everyone. Enjoy it, but guess what? We're coming home to play the Rams in our house. Great job. You think Frank Wright could inspire a locker room like that and the Panthers make the wrong hire? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a little post-game celebration beating on the nearest thing to you when the coach says something that you agree, agree with wholeheartedly. Man, that was pretty cool. Speaking of things that are hard for Panther fans to swallow, mm-hmm. we look at Houston, we look at that quarterback, we look at that wide receiver, they're connecting, they're doing a great job through three games. Now we look at Indianapolis. We saw Anthony Richardson, but also something we don't talk a lot about is Shane Steichen was in the running. Usually when we say, oh, it wasn't Frank Reich, the guy that they should have hired, and Steve Wilkes could be doing a lot better job. People are pointing their finger in that direction. But Shane Steichen, remember, apparently he was a uh, hot commodity to possibly land this job, and reports were that he didn't impress all that much in the interview process. It's only three games in for everything we talk about, but Shane Steichen was somebody involved in that process, and apparently he didn't do a good enough job in the interviews. So doing a good job now having a huge win against Baltimore. Yeah, that definitely was a big win for them, and when we come back, we're going to keep it on the Carolina Panthers. Do you, the fans, believe that this team is headed in the right direction today? I think we probably got our answer, but we're going to ask you again anyway on the other side. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Just like that, folks, the Weston Walker Show returns on a Monday. Disappointing Monday for Panthers fans and a lot of football fans out there whose teams were not able to bring in the victory. Keep the text coming. Keep hitting up those social medias. Hit that follow button, folks. But most importantly, hit that text line, 704-570-9610. Let's get back into the Carolina Panthers discussion And I asked before the break, do Panther fans feel like this team is headed in the right direction today? Uh, Do you look at this franchise and see that you have a potential franchise quarterback? 
Ike Aquano, we thought was going to be a franchise cornerstone at the left tackle spot, but maybe that's not there. But you do have some young, uh, some good young players like a Brian Burns, like Derek Brown, and some of those things. And then with the offseason of goodwill with the coaches that were hired and uh, things of that nature, even though it may not look pretty today, is anybody out there able to look deep inside of the craters of their football acumen and say, that this team is headed in the right direction today. Walker Mail, what say you? Oh, no, I don't think you can say that right now. They haven't done anything in the first three weeks. If you're saying they can fix it, okay. But if you're just looking at the progress or lack thereof through the first three weeks of the NFL regular season, then there's a reason so many people are feeling down about this football team. We asked to open up the show, do you feel better after week three or worse? The reasons to feel better would be the wide receivers got going a little more. You had plays downfield. Andy Dalton hooked up with DJ Chark. There was one drive in particular after the help of a defensive pass interference call right after the Seahawks scored a touchdown out of the locker room. Carolina answered right back with a seven-yard reception, but a 23, a 15, a 25-yard reception to hook Miles Sanders up with a one-yard rushing touchdown. You had semblances of good drives of 360 yards passing, which was far more than what Bryce Young was able to put up combined in the first two starts so maybe you look at this and say okay against a defense like seattle that is not as good as the defense new orleans or atlanta has and then you put bryce young in there against minnesota if he's healthy with the wide receivers hopefully able to create just a little bit of separation against their defensive backs going against a defense that loves to blitz by the way so the pressure that's a little scary if you already look ahead to week four if bryce young is going out there but that means that there's going to be hopefully some players that are open, maybe some hot route type of stuff. Maybe Bryce Young can prepare enough for the blitz to beat a Brian Flores led defense. So there are some things to take away that are a positive, but I don't think you can say they're headed in the right direction. There's a reason we're trying to figure out who should share most of blame pie between Frank Reich, Scott Fitter and the owner and David Tepper. Yeah. And the reason that we asked this is on the uh, Carolina's, uh, fan nation page they did a poll off of a sb nation affiliate and so they said that 71 uh the week before last 71 percent of fans were still confident the team was heading in the right direction but last week coming into this game that number dropped to 35 percent and also 87 percent of carolina's fans expected the offense to look better than it has to start the season so let's go to a little bit of sound that we've got and we're going to start with frank reich talking about the positives from the game i do think there are some areas we got better you know we made some plays in the past game um dj you know dj flashed making a few plays down the field um there there was there were more positive things you know um third down third down conversion was better that was progress defense you know in the first half like again no touchdowns you know in some pretty difficult situations that we put them in so there's still p plenty of positives to build on and i think we all know that and i don't think anybody feels like we've been outmanned in any game it's not you know like we just have beat ourselves so um just got to continue to get better 
Um, I think that the positives that you do take from this game is the amount of points that you score. We know before this contest that this offense wasn't lighting up the world by any stretch of the imagination. So to come out and get 27 points, you feel like you can win a lot of games if you score 27 points. But the problem is, uh, you know, when you give up 37 points to a squad uh, that you felt like you were playing close with most of the game and then they open it up late on you, outscore you 25 to 14 in the second half, I think that that's a little bit discouraging. But as far as Frank Reich right now, I, I do think there are some things that you can take from it, no question about it. You like the performance you got from Adam Thielen. You like what you got from Andy Dalton. You also like uh, what you saw from Brian Burns and Derek Brown out there as well. So there were some things to be taken away. But all in all, if you think that – in my personal opinion, as a team headed in the right direction today, I, I'm going to hold out just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give just a little bit more time before I before I decided because we did feel a lot of great things this offseason about what this coaching staff could bring. I feel like the defense has been pretty solid up until the second half of yesterday's game under Ejiro Avero. And so uh, offensively with Bryce Young, still haven't seen quite enough yet to say it's not headed in the right direction because I know that you know, it takes time to build things. So as far as I'm going to go with yes to be definitive, I'll say I'll say yes right now because I think that an offseason can show up some of the things that are ailing them right now if they do continue to be so. And so uh, that, that that's how I'll roll. Um, Paul wrote in on the text line, I don't blame Reich that much. There are no plays one could call that would make this weak, inept, untalented team any better this vomit mess is in Tepper's and Fitterer's hands. Man, this vomit mess, that sounds pretty descriptive yeah. and gross. Yeah, I don't think Frank Reich has been <laughs> excellent at coaching this team. I did want to specifically point out his play calling because I don't know if that's as big of a problem this weekend. There's one play in particular I can point to, and I don't know if this was an Andy Dalton decision, but it at least came down as a play call where Andy Dalton decided to pull it under 30 seconds to go in the first half. And then he runs to the outside before they can even stop the clock with 22 seconds left, but you're rolling and first and 10 Andy Dalton decides to pull that handoff, I believe away from miles Sanders. And then he runs it where you stop all momentum after two straight completions. It looked like you might set yourself up for a field goal or a touchdown, even like maybe even a touchdown at that point. I thought that was a WTF play call and decision, whether it was Andy Dalton's to pull that football out. Right. But other than that, I don't know if there was any egregious play call. The problem here offensively, and you can blame this on the head coach if you want to for not having them prepared, but it's the penalties. Penalties killed him. Wes, it's the second straight time. When we did second take Tuesday last week, coming off of their game Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, every drive had a penalty that destroyed any momentum that they had. You're talking about, I think, five penalties in the first seven drives that they had against New Orleans. What about this one? They had to overcome penalties to even score in a drive where Icky had back-to-back -back false starts. They still score a touchdown. So even on the successful drives, we're looking at penalties that they have to overcome. Think about every hurdle you have to go through in order to score a touchdown, which if you keep kicking field goals, especially on the road against an offense that is led by Geno and a couple of very good wide receivers, then you're going to need to get into the end zone. And yet you have to overcome even two false starts, which I, I like Taylor Moten better than a lot of people, I think. But Taylor Moten is by far their best pass blocking offensive lineman. It's not close right now. When Austin Corbett comes back, even he, even Moten is getting a couple false starts. Your supposed franchise left tackle, he gave you four. 
Zavala gave you a zero in the past. <laughs> I'm not saying it wrong. He got a zero in pass protection and looked like it. When they brought the blitz and on the off chance Carolina picked it up, Zavala was the weak link in allowing a sack, allowing a defender to get to Andy Dalton. And yet still they're able to put up 360 yards. It wasn't on the play calling. It wasn't on the quarterback. It was on the penalties that constantly gave them an unnecessary hurdle to clear in order for them to put up as many points as possible. And despite that, still got 27 points. Yeah, it's tough to say, oh, I feel better about it because of that. But at least you saw some sort of progress, and it leaves us with a mental conflict on how to feel. Yeah, and I like what a Texas said, Trey from downtown. He said the Panthers are like a flea market puzzle right now. It's coming together but missing a few pieces. I don't know why it would have to be a flea market puzzle. Uh, I think any puzzle you know, it'll come together and then you're going to be missing a few pieces. Well, it's a cheap puzzle. Like, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe the pieces aren't on the roster. Maybe it's in the flea market because whoever owned it in the first place lost a couple of pieces. Maybe that's what he means by But it. so I think that, though, when you look at this team, because if you look at this offense right now, defensively you like what you've seen for the most part outside of the injuries. But if you plug in a couple of decent offensive linemen into this offense and a bona fide number one receiver. I think that changes fortunes a whole lot around his far as the direction you feel like you're headed in. Did we feel like while we lauded the additions that they made on the coaching staff and on the team, did we feel like that this was the end of the of the train as far as putting it together? No. We knew that this offseason there was still going to be plenty of holes to fill. We thought it would look better up until this point. But at the end of the day, I still felt like this was a starter kit, as I called it, the whole offseason. This is a good starter kit. This is where you will start and begin, and then you will upgrade the pieces as you go. And so uh, lots of lessons to be learned, whether you're talking about penalties, different things of that nature. That's going to always hurt you. I mean, down the stretch, it was almost comical. I'd never seen anything like that. I know Seattle has a loud crowd, but I've never seen a team, even some of the worst teams come into Seattle and have so many procedure penalties that they have. Well, I mean, they're they're known as the 12th man. We know this. We know that they are a part of the game. Frank Reich, uh, we have that penalty audio, I believe, from Frank Reich, yes, right? Yes, let's that. Do we have it? Yeah, we can, we can go to the first. We had on off. <laughs> Frank, what'd you say about the penalties? Let's try it again. Three, two, one. The number of penalties that we had on offense was pathetic. You know, that starts with me uh, as an offensive coach. That starts with our offensive coaches, you know, getting our players ready. And that starts with our players. That's unacceptable. I mean, it's like we never played in the noise before. We knew it was coming. We practiced all week with, with noise. I mean, Wednesday it was so loud out there you couldn't even think. Um, and, uh, but, you know, as coaches and as players together, and I, and I mean that together, as coaches and as players, you just, if you have that many self-inflicted things, you're just, it's hard to overcome those. And um, so we got we to gotta learn from that for sure. And so when you talk about those penalties over and over again, I mean, it gets to a point that you try to stay positive with teammates when stuff like that happens, especially, you know, you get a false start. You're like, come on, man, you got to be better. You get that second one, it's like, all right, man, come on. 
Well, Icky was but, smiling hey, after you, the second one. I went back and watched it this morning. Yeah. It was the, the classic Proud truck. defense oh, mechanism. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. But then after the fourth one, it's like, what did you even say uh, at that point, man? You, you start to get to the levels that maybe some uh, some fists might be thrown or it's going to be some heavy language going on <laughs> over the there. That's the Wes Bryant offensive line coach. <laughs> hey, don't false start or else I'm pounding you. I couldn't even begin to think of what I would say if I had a player that had four false starts. I would just walk. I'll probably have to walk down to the other end of the field and collect myself before I decided to address them because I wouldn't want something uh, to come out of there that's, that I don't want to. It was brutal. It was brutal. And and I got some people writing in about the play calling. Mark from Charlotte has a good question we haven't addressed yet. Where's the run game? So nine carries for Miles Sanders, only 24 yards, average of 2.7, but only nine carries for Miles Sanders. Two carries for LaVisca, one carry for Chuba Hubbard, 14 for 44 if you want to be exact. Did have the one touchdown from one yard out with Miles Sanders. Did grade pretty well. I have to imagine a lot of that was in the passing game where you saw Miles Sanders utilized quite a bit. I've always been one that thinks it's – I understand people want to run the football to set some things up later. I get it. At the same time, if they continue to just stop the run, and I know they had – Miles Sanders I think had – the best play was when he made somebody miss. I think it was Jordan Brooks in the backfield spins has the best rush of his Panthers tenure so far and picks up 10 to 15 yards, making a couple guys miss, but they were not blocking even well in the run blocking game, Wes. So I understand if you want to run it a little bit more, Frank Reich did tell you 58 passing plays is not a recipe to win in Seattle, but at the time they were running, we had like one good run play that I could remember with Miles Sanders, and that was about it. Yeah, I think teams start to really, they give up on the run when it's not working early. And sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. And so for Carolina, 3.1 yards per rush, uh, that's not going to cut it. And so I think that coaches look at it and say, all right, our best chance at this point is to keep throwing. And maybe you try to throw to open up the run game some more. You run it, still not working. So you're going to uh, try some other things. But that's certainly another area that you add to the laundry list of things that are going on. You want your starting running back that you pay money for to have more than 2.7 yards per carry on nine carries. What you got, Fiddy? Did y'all feel like it was that loud there yesterday? Like I, the Panthers went oh, to yeah. Seattle. I thought so. You didn't think so? Well, I mean, they went to Seattle last year while the Seahawks were in a playoff battle and didn't have – Nowhere near the procedural penalties that they had yesterday. Like, I mean, I knew it was loud yesterday, but that that did not scream vintage 12th man Seattle home field, in my opinion. Man, well, I know, Fiddy, you have a few health ailments, and maybe hearing is something you might want to <laughs> wow. get checked, you know, as you far as it, talking about how loud it is. You, you've talked about the, his lack of vision. <laughs> you're saying that now you're calls called, me fat. Yeah. I did now not. That is a massive cat. Uh, I mean, what else, Wes? What other health uh, no, things do I have I'm just saying, me? even as I was sitting there yesterday, you know, I told my mom, I said, man, it's loud in there. She's like, no. yeah, it is loud, but you got to run the ball more. You look at Carolina right now, they're tied for 26 in all of football, uh, averaging 21.7 rushing attempts per game. They're tied with the Denver Broncos. That's not company that you want to be in. And when you look at teams that are near the top of the league, it's some of the best teams that you would think of. Philadelphia is number one with 36 and a half carries. You look at Dallas is at two. Baltimore is at three. San Francisco, uh, they're sitting there as well, 33.7. Cleveland, but then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're another team, 33 and a half rush attempts per 
game that puts them in the top 10 and then Atlanta rounds out the top 10. So you have to be able to try to at least stick with the run a little bit more, especially when you know your offensive line is struggling. I think they should run it a little more. I do. Um, I would like them to set up the pass better with the run game. I'll say this. We do have to note all those teams that you mentioned, a lot of them at the beginning, man, I would say in some order, those are the teams with the best offensive lines in the NFL. Philadelphia, clearly number one. So they're going to run it a lot. They have a dual threat quarterback. You mentioned Baltimore, one of the better lines, especially with Lamar Jackson as a running QB. I think they've suffered some injuries, but the Falcons, we thought very highly of their offensive line. Cleveland, a running team for sure. One of the better offensive lines in run blocking, at least. Maybe not pass blocking, but run blocking, we know that's how they get down. So when you can run the football effectively behind a good offensive line, that makes a lot of sense to me. The fact that those best offenses would be towards the top. And if Carolina just isn't creating enough room, it feels like, Wes, they did in the first half against Atlanta. And after that, it's been tough. It's been pretty tough. So I'm with you. I'd like to set it up more. I don't think it's as black and white as, okay, give me 20 carries per game at least. You know, I just I think that was kind of the gameplay, the way they were rolling. And Andy Dalton played well. You know, at, at, at some point you're asking to take the football out of the hands of the highest graded offensive player who looked the part yesterday with Andy, who actually was completing passes. So it's tough. I, I get where, where people are coming from. But though. And then also, too, and I'll end it on this, if you want to see teams that may not be the most talented but are still competing that are running the ball a lot inside of the top half of the league, you can look at New England at 29 carries per game. They're 12th in Arizona. These are teams that might not be the greatest teams on paper, but they make every game they play ugly and they compete and are in every game. So you got to do something yeah. uh, to help guys out. But we're going to help ourselves out with the last Fitty Flash of the day. Fitty. Take a look at the MLB afternoon scoreboard. The Diamondbacks and the Yankees are tied at two in the mid-fifth as Arizona continues their push to the postseason. And this will be a little teaser. We're going to the bullpen tomorrow. Walker's going to let me visit the mound as West. We only have six games left for every team in baseball. Wait, how, wow. many, how many games does that equate to, Wes? How many <laughs> games are left if there's only one more week of regular season baseball? Uh, about 213. Okay, only 213. We're on the home stretch. <laughs> Think about this wild stat. The Yankees are eliminated from the playoffs. This is only the 17th time in the 4,102 4, games as Brian Cashman's tenure as the Yankee GM. They've been mathematically eliminated from the postseason. Only one championship since 2009, but, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a crazy number. And then I don't have anything else. Um, Wes, the 336 number wanted to know, uh, were you at Planet Fitness on Friday? Where I was I at Planet Fitness on Friday? I was yes, I was. <laughs> oh, I had to think about that. Yeah, man, I was in there trying to get my workout on. You know. Okay. What were you they should have came up and said, "What's up?" Somebody I was said. doing my normal uh, Nike workouts that I do. Arm day, leg day. Uh, no, I like to do uh, full body workouts inside the Nike app. So I like to try to hit everything in one workout. You look great, man. I appreciate great. that. Thank you, partner. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That's why we're that's why we're a good combination. But when we come back, we close this thing down, and we're gonna have a surprise phone call uh, about some happenings from earlier in the show. That and a whole lot more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta 
ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Because we had a social media video to post there. You can go find it at Weston Walker on our Twitter handle at West Bryant underscore 72 at Walker mail and at HTB underscore Josh. And if you follow us and you've been following us at least since Friday, Wes, they saw us take a picture with Scarlip unexpectedly. Yeah, man. After the show. How about this? So if you don't know the intro to time to trend is this is New York, the instrumental version. It's where we have Dr. Phil, Cash Me Outside. We have all of those sound bites coming at you, and the intro is This is New York. That is the song of one Scarlip, who we did not know was in the building until we were walking out of the studio. Yes. We're about to walk right by her. Ace, our boy, says, hey, Wes, hey, Walker, real quickly, did want to introduce you guys to Scarlip, and, and I'm like, oh. Right. And, and then Wes said, Oh, you know, and then he starts roll it. I mean, Wes sees this as he is one to do as an immediate social media and show opportunity. And so he's getting ready for the picks. And we had a conversation with Scarlip. Sweet as can be. Sweet as can be, man. What a contrasting style as a rapper. For those out there that this is New York track, it's as aggressive as you can get. There's no, I just give you one line out of it. I told her that was my favorite line. She said, this is New York. Bleep do I look like telling somebody good morning. That tells you what type of time (laughs) she's on on that track, man. But it was one of the hottest tracks, still one of the hottest tracks in New York. And she was uh, super sweet. My girl wasn't too thrilled though about the, the hug. She said she was a little close. Oh, oh, your girl. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought yeah, you were no, talking about funny. Scarlett yeah, no, like your No, 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 it was funny, though, man. It was, it was it was, pretty. She was so cool, though. She was such a sweetheart. Very down to earth, very cool to talk to in the brief time that we did. And I'll say this, Ace was at an event over the weekend. I think he was talking with her marketer uh-huh. and maybe even after the fact. And Scarlett talked to Ace said, real quickly, who were those two big dudes I took a picture with? <laughs> they were crazy tall. Are y'all athletes or something? She asked us about that. I was yeah. like, look, Wes, way more prominent in the ACC. If you go to Catawba County, maybe some people remember me playing Maybe somebody remember your name. But that's about it. Very cool to meet Scarlett. We put that picture on the website. I said, you talk about range? Yeah. Wes got range. Wes and Walker got range. Talking about... Um, I think we were talking about Blue's Clues and then Ninja Turtles. <laughs> we interviewed Dan Patrick and we met Scarlett. We had a hell of a day. All on a Friday. No question. Speaking of a hell of a Monday, <laughs> you're not the only Brian on the show anymore, Wes. Yeah. You want to bring her on? And I'm a little scared too, to be honest with well, you right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I told you guys you were going to be in for it the moment that you nicknamed that cake 
keep pounding cake. I already knew. I said, oh, boy. Fitty, help me out. And so, <laughs> pounding with, with, cake. With no pounding further ado, here cake. is uh, my mother to let you guys know how she felt about that and to give you information okay. on the nonprofit. Uh, Thank you. So first off, hey guys, how y'all doing? But I was driving to the gym and almost wrecked my car when somebody at the nerd to say, keep pounding cake. So this is what I, this is the tweet. I mean, this is the text message I told Wes if I couldn't get through to send to y'all. So this is what it said. First off, I made a cake uh, call. It's a cream cheese pound cake. Let's get that straight. And whoever that was that came in there and said that we needed to name it to keep pounding cakes, I have something for y'all, too. First off, if I made a cake for a Panther fan, it would be called Losers on Moorhead Cake, Street Cake. Mm. And it would be a small <laughs> cake like the fans. Next, well, I got something for you, too, young man. Oh, no. First off, you were talking about anybody who was pulling against Dion to, to lose was lame. Well, guess what? Put me in that lame category yeah, because man. anybody who talks in third party about himself is lame. <laughs> and I have a name for Dion Sanders because I didn't even like him when he played for Dallas. And it's, his new name for me, me personally, is Me Time because it's all about him. <laughs> It's all about Dion. Me this, me that. Dion says, I'm going to go do this. It's like Simon says. I can't stand it. I, I really can't. And if he was recruiting, if my son, if Wes was that age where he was recruiting, he couldn't even come in my house. Oh, Ma, that is not oh, happening. No. And I might have been a Colorado <laughs> Buffalo, so I don't know about that. You might have had to go buy you a big parker because I probably would have been out there playing for prime. <laughs> but wait a minute, Wes. Remember how I was when Spurrier came? I didn't get to hit one in national This is This is true, but Dion would have definitely gotten a house, and I probably, like I said, I would have been telling you to dress warm. I've been playing for a third person me person That's <laughs> but tell him about you Dion says like Simon says Dion says I'm gonna wear shades Dion says y'all need to wear shades oh my god he makes me sick um Miss uh, <laughs> Brian can I ask you do you like keep pounding cake or primetime pound cake better which one uh neither one <laughs> neither and one. let them know my what they gotta donate to if they want a cake like if they oh if, I'm sorry let me change the subject so if somebody wants a cake they have to reach out to me, and um, my nonprofit is called WellnessActionRecovery.org. It is a nonprofit about all about putting in the work because when you have a mental health condition, it's not a quick fix. You have to put in the work every single day. So if somebody wants the cake, they have to donate. But as you know, that pound cake is awesome. It's really good. It goes with ice cream, strawberries, whatever you want to put on it. And I, I really love making them because it's really therapeutic to bake. But, yeah, my nonprofit is called wellnessactionrecovery.org, and the acronym spell WAR because I have to go to war every day just to get up out of the bed dealing with depression. I have to go to war every day against the public, thinking that we're crazy, we're nuts, we're psycho. So that nonprofit is very near and dear to me because I'm helping people like me. Well, I need to apologize because I inadvertently and indirectly called your mom lame. But there's always exceptions <laughs> to the rule, Miss Fonda. You know that. There's an exception yeah, here. And see, West hadn't even told y'all, I bought a brand new, beautiful dining room table, and I was just getting ready to sit up and tell Wesley, eventually we got to have you and Josh over for dinner, but keep playing with me about the Panther stuff, and you will not be coming. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to keep playing. I don't want to do that anymore. All right, about- I'll holler at you. Yeah, thank you, Miss. Ms. Bye. Uh, Sounds like sounds like we got a new sponsor though for War Cry Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Wellness Action Recovery. Yeah, man. War Cry Wednesday. I think that's exactly what we do. We sure will. All right. Well, I managed to offend and get called out. 
by Ms. Mama Bryant. <laughs> I apologize. She said, Walker, I got something to tell you too, young man. You're talking about freezing up on these here airwaves? That's exactly what happened. It's Wes and Walker handed it off to the Kyle Bailey Show, of course, alongside the Greg Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Smoke Ludwig. I said great too. I expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.